0: Hi! Welcome! I am so glad that you have decided to take the time to spend with me today to hear a little bit about my health journey. Now, I'm going to do my best to keep this as short as I can because I'm turning 44 this year, so this could take a long time, but I just want to hit the high points. And I want to be very honest with you. I have been putting off making this video, because i haven't really wanted to get all inside the emotions that i didn't really want to relive all this stuff if that makes sense to you i am i'm gonna make it sound a lot easier than it was I've, i've really had a rough time over the last um i don't know 25 years or so i guess so Just to give you a little bit of background, I um, ate a normal teenage diet, um, maybe a little bit worse than some, I guess. Um, I ate a lot of canned sodas and Snickers bars and that sort of thing uh, lots of healthy food intermingled in there too but didn't didn't have the best diet and maybe the best possible health going into boot camp which I did when I was just barely 18 I joined the Navy when I was 17 and a half and left for boot camp as soon as I graduated from high school I graduated in June I left in July and boot camp is hard it's a big stressor and then um, Married very early, much earlier than I should have, which was not one of the best choices I've made in my life. Um, Was fortunate enough to be a mom at 20 and then at 22 to my beautiful boys, who are now both grown, um, and didn't have the best marriage and was divorced at 25. And that was a lot of different stressors in a very short period of time. Um, Even then, in my early 20s, there were days I would choose to sleep over doing most anything else. And i was already starting to have a little bit of chronic back pain but it hadn't gotten too severe quite yet and then by the time i was 30 i knew i was sick i mean really sick i didn't know what was going on but i knew that there was a problem and this is actually the same year that i graduated from nursing school and reconnected with my high school sweetheart who is the absolute love of my life and we've been married since 2008 which has just been wonderful but we reconnected at a really difficult time because I was so sick I remember telling him right before we got married are you really sure that you want to marry somebody who's so broken I mean that's the level of sick that I was in 2007-2008 Um, No energy. My back always ached, um, almost like a toothache, just up and down my spine. It would just ache and it hurt me terribly. I tried all the drugs um, and nothing worked. The narcotics just made me care less that my back really hurt, but they never made the pain go away. And during the time that I was trying to take muscle relaxers and narcotics and things, I realize that I have very strange reactions to like every medication, all of them. Um, if there is a crazy less than 1% of the population is gonna have this side effect, that's, that's me. I'm the one that has those side effects. 2008 was a really big year. Lawrence and I got married. I also had a miscarriage this year and it was an ectopic pregnancy and they were concerned um, they were, they were just concerned. Anytime you have an ectopic pregnancy, it can be very dangerous. So they gave me um, a dose of methotrexate, which is a chemotherapy drug. I'm not blaming anything that comes after this time on that. I'm just adding it to the list of stressors that I had to experience. Um, and then a couple of months after, the miscarriage, I started having this terrible right lower quadrant pain. It was almost like this constant awareness that I had an ovary there, which is very strange. I'd never had any types of issues like that. I'd never had any type of GYN diagnosis. I'd never had an abnormal pap smear. I'd never had any problems. It was in 2008 that all of that pain started. In 2009, I figured out that the reason I was getting so sick um, often after I would eat dinner was because the tall glass of milk I was having with my meals was not agreeing with me. So I guess you could say I discovered that I was lactose intolerant in 2009, I've never had an official doctor diagnose me with that, but I would get so violently ill after I would eat that I I knew it was the dairy. I started to kind of cut that out a little bit, certainly wasn't drinking a big glass of milk or a lot of heavy cheese sauce, and a lot of those GI symptoms started to go away. Um, This is also the year I was working night shift in a step down intensive care unit and um, was starting to learn that what I was eating was having some sort of an effect on how I felt. I didn't exactly understand it all, but I remember very clearly talking to my husband in the kitchen and saying, Okay, we need to start at the very beginning, pretend like I don't know anything about nutrition because I hadn't learned very much in nursing school anyway. at all. I think I took, I did take one nutrition class, but it's not the kind of nutrition I now teach. And I told him I wanted to start at the very beginning and pretend like I was almost like an alien coming to this planet and had, didn't know anything. Where would I start like learning what to eat? Because I knew if I was going to change my diet and start from scratch, I wanted it to be good. I wanted to make all of the right choices in the beginning. So that's the year I started researching what to eat. By 2010, I was just constantly run down, chronically fatigued, really feeling like I was walking through quicksand all the time. I hurt everywhere, and this is the year that I started getting a lot of advanced testing done. Um, I was looking through my test results. I've got a big pile of papers, medical papers, right before I started this video. And that's the year that they tested me um, positive for having Epstein-Barr virus um, antibodies, antigens, antibodies, I think. So who knows when I actually had mono or whatever that looked like. I mean, it could have been at any time, but I definitely still had that floating around in my body. But the rest of my labs really weren't that bad, which is really frustrating because that means that you, you start to feel like maybe it's all in your head, especially when you're thin and you look okay on the outside. You start to wonder, am I just going crazy? Is there really something wrong with me? So I was dealing with all of that emotion in 2010. And I really liked my primary care doctor who would run all of the tests. I mean, she was very helpful. Um, And we sat down and we had a very genuine heart-to-heart conversation and came to the decision that I really needed to go see a rheumatologist. So the rheumatologist ordered all sorts of crazy advanced labs um, and I went to see her February of 2011. Now I have to explain this to you, I don't don't know if this has ever happened to you, but for some reason I had it in my head that this was going to be the day. Right, I'm finally seeing the specialist and and I'm going to get these answers that I've been praying for and longing for and almost crying over. I mean, I just so desperately wanted to know what was wrong with me because when you get the name of the thing, then you can fix it. At least that's what we're taught in this country, right? That when you finally get the name, the diagnosis, the thing that's wrong with you, then there should be this elaborate treatment plan that's gonna make it go away and make your problems better. So that's the mentality I had, and I should have known better. I should have known better. But that's the mentality that I had pulling up in February of 2011 to the UPMC, University of Pittsburgh Medical Center uh, Rheumatology office in downtown Pittsburgh. Um, I went myself. My husband was at work, and I went in, and, and I mean, I just remember all of the nerves and the anticipation and everything. And I went in, and I sat down, and she came in, and I was like, "Okay, like, so what's wrong with me? What are we gonna do?" And she she took a deep breath, um, and I knew that there was a problem. She took a deep breath, and she started to go through my lab results with me and explain things. And when she got to the end, she said, honey, there is nothing that we're going to be able to do for you. There's no treatment for this. We're going to call it fibromyalgia because that's what your symptoms fit. But there's nothing that can be done. There's no magic medication. There's no surgery. There's no big treatment. But in this state-of-the-art medical center, we are launching a pilot program for people just like you that have fibromyalgia. And it's basically going to teach you how to live your life like how to do your activities of daily living all of the things you do every day um, washing the dishes and putting the clothes in the washer and the dryer and all of that it's going to teach you how to do these in such a way that you can conserve energy and i just looked at her and then she followed that with i also think you should consider filing for disability so i held it together pretty well um walked out to my car without bursting into tears, and then I I lost it. I was like, Lord, this isn't fair. This is just not fair. Like, the specialists are supposed to know the answers, and I was so young. Um, How old was I? I don't even have it written down. I mean, early thirties, early thirties, and they were supposed to fix it, right? So she gave me a prescription for a medication that um, was just supposed to help with a little bit of the pain. It was, my copay I think was $80 a month and it just wasn't worth $80 a month. It wasn't really doing anything. And I seriously considered this whole activities of daily living pilot program thing. um, I seriously considered it. But then by the time I got home and I was done crying, I got mad. I got really, really angry because I am a college-educated woman who has been through four years of nursing school that's working in a step-down intensive care unit. I should be able to figure this out. And I was just not willing to take no for an answer. I just wasn't. So my husband and I talked and um, he was like, okay, well, if you're not going to do the thing that the doctor says, you know, that's fine. I support you. But now what? And I didn't have an answer that day. It took me it took me a little bit of time before I realized that I wasn't gonna just lay down and give up. There's nothing wrong with filing for disability. Um, my life would have been very different if I had decided to do that, but that wasn't what I felt compelled in my spirit to do. I felt compelled in my spirit to stand up and fight. So that's what I did. Um, That's what i did i started researching everything i could find about food and nutrition and how that affected the body and it was a slow go let me tell you it took oh i mean it just took a long time before i started seeing results i wasted thousands of hours tens of thousands of dollars chasing this diet and that diet and this superfood supplement and, and all of these things In spring of 2012, I finally agreed. I was still having that right lower quadrant pain like all the time, and I finally agreed to do an exploratory surgery to see what was going on, and they figured out that I was chock full of endometriosis, and I had never had any problems like that before, none. Uh, The doctor actually said that he was really, really glad that I had had my children so early because I probably wouldn't have been able to get pregnant if I had waited. Um, so I, I did that medical bills were piling up. We, we were not in a financial position to afford all of these co-pays for all of these different tests and surgical procedures. I was having a really hard time working full time, um, and trying to juggle all the family responsibilities. The kids were getting older and they needed to go to soccer practice and be run all over. Um, and I wasn't depressed, but boy, was I beaten down. I really, really was having a hard time those were very tough years and then December of 2012 um, I wound up having to get a total hysterectomy because they went in and they burned off the endometriosis in that procedure but it grew right back and I was like well we can't I can't just have surgery all the time this isn't gonna work for me so they went in and did a total hysterectomy and I am not a very good patient I believe that the insides of me should stay on the inside they should not be taken out and put on the outside I don't like I don't like to be a patient because I feel like in the medical field they all want to come at you and tell you what you're going to do and I don't I don't think it should be that way. That's not the way I was taught in nursing school. I was taught that the healthcare provider and the patient should sit together and have a conversation and then come up with a plan together. Not, I come to you for advice, you tell me what to do and if I don't do what you say you get upset with me. That's not the way it's supposed to work um but i I did concede to get this total hysterectomy i set a record for being discharged first patient at university of pittsburgh medical center mcgee hospital to be discharged the same day of a hysterectomy now that's routine but i um, refused to spend the night i just wanted to go home i um, figured out during this time that i had an allergic reaction to adhesive and to the bed sheets whatever they wash the linens in to keep them really clean and i just didn't want to be there i really really wanted to be home Um, This is also the time that my husband and I quit smoking. I had been smoking about a pack a day since I was about 15 years old except when I was pregnant or nursing my children. And my husband and I were drinking about a half a gallon a piece of sweet tea every day. And this is the time December of 12 that we stopped all of that. Um, We tried to eat better but we didn't know what that meant. I I still am not 100% sure I know what that means. I'm doing the best that I can and I know more now than I did then. but eating better is is vague, like what does that even mean? So we were trying. Um, I was reading more about health and wellness. I felt like I was getting smarter. Spring of 2013 was tough, the traditional hormones, the Primarin that they gave me made me crazy. I felt like the Incredible Hulk, my kids were afraid of me, my husband thought about um, maybe separating, like I was a completely different person for about nine months, it was really terrible. If you don't know where Primarin comes from and you ever are interested, you should Google that. Um, it's just not something that's well received by the body. Um, certainly not by mine. I started doing some research. I found bioidentical hormones. They basically saved my life. Um, and it took, me, it took me about nine months post-surgery to feel like myself again. I was actually enrolled in a PhD program during this time. I had to leave. I, I couldn't keep it together. I didn't realize that your hormones are responsible for over 400 different processes in your body. Um, And I felt like I was missing about half of those. I would put laundry in the washing machine, forget that it was there. I forgot a kid at school. I I usually had it together. I I could keep all the balls in the air. I knew everything that was going on. I had it together and then I didn't very abruptly. Um, It it was very humbling and a very difficult experience. It definitely made me cling um, to the Lord much more than I ever had before. And I think that that all of that was just the perfect storm the perfect setup for what god really had in store for my life because he's taken this broken hurting chronically fatigued um broken person, and he's put me in a position where now I can use all of that hurt and all of that horribleness that happened to me to help um, everybody that he brings me. So it's really been quite beautiful, and 2013 and 14 were the defining years. It's when everything changed, Um, but before I get to that, one more horrible thing happened. 2014, I was sitting at a traffic light, and I thought I was having a heart attack. Um, All of a sudden, I had this just exploding pain out of my chest and I felt like my heart was beating like a cartoon character. If that ever happens to you, please call 911 and do not drive yourself home, Um, which of course I did not do. So I drove myself home. Um, I was working as a hospice nurse, so I had all of the vital signs equipment at home um, during that time. So I took my blood pressure and my heart rate and, and I seemed to be okay, but my heart just felt really funny. I wound up going to the hospital much later that day and they admitted me, put me, um, I did a stress test which was negative, I did a whole bunch of things, but I wound up wearing a halter monitor for 24 hours and I had over 8,000 premature atrial contractions in 24 hours. Now, a premature atrial contraction is something that we call a palpitation. It's not normal, don't let people tell you that it's normal, but it does happen frequently to people especially if you're dehydrated and then you drink coffee or a monster or something like that. Um, It's not uncommon to feel like you've got one of those early beats. But 8500 or so in 24 hours is really extreme. And the thinner you are, the more you can feel those. And I really felt like they were just pounding out of my chest. Um, Never had had any cardiac problems before. My EKGs were normal except for these early beats. And they're not dangerous. That's what the medical people will tell you anyway. They're not dangerous because they're not affecting perfusion. They're not affecting the way the blood goes round and round in your body. So they just kind of say, oh, well, you know, it'll go away. Take this pill. And I did. I felt so bad that I took the pill for about a month. And then one day I was talking to my mom on the phone. Um, We're both nurses and i was like mom i just don't feel really good about taking this medicine and we looked it up and it had what's called a black box warning and that means basically don't take this unless you absolutely have to because the side effects are so significant so i stopped taking that medication and i then then my mad really just went into overdrive and i was like that's it lord i've had enough this isn't working for me there's got to be a different answer here you know where do we go from here so I, I, I got to where I was praying on my knees um, daily. I mean, just please, Lord, show me what you want me to do. There, there's got to be something more for me than just giving up and being sick. Um, I had already been researching a lot about food and diet, and this is when I, I really felt compelled to learn everything that I could so that I could create a business that would help other people. Because a lot of the things that are plaguing us, we have unintentionally done to ourselves. Nobody told us that it was the food we were eating. Nobody told us about the quality of your sleep and how important that is. Nobody's talking about water and moving your bowels and all of these things. They're not talking about your microbiome and how important all of that is. Nobody's talking about it and I got mad. It's not fair because you don't have to be sick. So the catalyst, other than my um, stubbornness kicking in and and you know really propelling me forward was I finally found a chiropractor that could order a food sensitivity panel. I don't want you to misunderstand me. I do not think that food sensitivity panels are like the be all end all, but at this particular moment in my life that's what I needed. I took this um, test and I figured out that dairy, eggs, and wheat in that moment were not agreeing with me. I completely stopped consuming any dairy, eggs, or wheat and within um, I'd say about five or six days my symptoms were 50% better. And I was like thank you Lord for that confirmation that what I'm eating is definitely contributing. It's not all of it. There's a lot more to the whole holistic being healthy thing than just what you eat. But because you eat so many times a day, it really has a big um, impact on your health. So now I can order those types of tests for my clients. Um, But I'll be honest with you, I rarely have to because if I can start educating people about what you should be adding into your diet. Let's take away a couple of things just for a little while to see how you do. Let's drink some water, you know, get some sleep and, and those sorts of things. A couple of supplements, people start to get better. And then we can dig down to the root cause of the problem. So that's my story. Um, I'm hoping that I won't ever have to share it again because it's very emotional. I really don't want to think about how terrible it was. I mean, it was. I was really, really sick. Um, it, it was a really hard time in my life. We had five teenagers. I was in my mid-30s. I was fairly newly married. Um, and, and it was really hard. So I'm very grateful that God has been able to use all of that and put me in a position where now I can use that to help you. So if um, you have questions, you want to reach out to me, You know my contact information is available. I would love for you to come and hang out with us in the monthly mentorship um, that I'm offering so that I can help you to solve some of your um the root cause of some of your health issues as well so i hope you have a wonderful day and thank you